Welcome to the Measuring What Matters podcast. Measuring What Matters is an independent community forum for nurturing dialogue and critical conversations associated with community performance metrics. Join me, Marshall McCallum, as I interview individuals entrenched in change-making in Calgary. Our guests are passionate about community prosperity, well-being, and how to measure it. Measuring What Matters is a project of the CityX Lab, hosted and powered by the Institute for Community Prosperity at Mount Royal University. For more information on the project, visit measuringwhatmatters.ca. Hello and welcome to the Measuring What Matters podcast. My name is Marshall McCallum, and today with us, we have Kylie Woods. How are you doing today, Kylie? I'm good, Marshall. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, can you start off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Mm-hmm. So I'm the founder and executive director of a nonprofit organization called Chic Geek, and we are really committed to building gender diversity in technology by supporting intermediate women in their technology careers. And I've been leading this ship for the past eight years, and it's been an organization that has grown with me as a leader. We've made a bunch of pivots and changes, and we are kind of on the next phase of our journey and really looking for growth. How do we scale across Canada, but also how do we scale our impact in a way that's meaningful uh, to our community? So right now you're focused mostly in the Calgary area, or does it go beyond that into the entirety of the province? or? Yeah, most of our work has focused on Calgary, but we're definitely growing outside of that. So we've got a fairly strong presence across Alberta, a little bit in Western Canada, um, but we're hoping that will change in the next couple of years here as we grow even bigger. Awesome. And how have you found um, metrics kind of growing and helping you along your journey? Like, how has that kind of come into um, your work in trying to uh, incorporate or try to build up that, uh, that female presence in tech? It's been a learning experience for us, uh, this kind of approach with metrics. And it is something that has grown with the organization. When we started Sheet Geek, it was very much, you know, flying by the seat of our pants, throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks and just keep moving. And we have had to become a lot more thoughtful and conscientious about what we're doing and why, because we have limited resources as a nonprofit. We used to be very volunteer driven. So having to be very thoughtful, but where we spend those resources and what is the impact that we're having with that time and energy spent. Um, Today, data and metrics plays a very large part of Sheet Geek. It's part of our short-term strategic plan to be data-minded, community-centric, put listening kind of first in our operations. And that comes out often in all parts of our operations. I can get into that more uh, if you're looking for tangible examples. Yeah, we can definitely get into the the tangible parts there. Um, I kind of like to know um, how things have adapted from the beginning. Like when you were kind of just throwing stuff at the wall, were you mostly just like taking parts from uh, other organizations that you knew of or like other initiatives and trying to fit them into the Calgary scenario or? Um, yes and no. I think that our understanding of metrics and what we need to measure has changed. Now we understand there are really three different buckets of measurement that we use at Sheet Geek. 
One is about engaging our community. So we'll, you know, we're going through a brand refresh right now and we'll put it out to our community to vote on their favorite version of our new logo. And that one really is meant to just let them know that, hey, like we are listening to you and your voice matters to us and be a part of our community and be engaged with us. The second type of feedback really does inform our operations. So this might affect the types of programs we're building, how we run them, how we roll them out in the community. Um, and the third one is really about the longer term impact we have. So how does the work we're doing at Sheet Geek help retain more intermediate women in technology? How are we helping women stay in their careers or at their tech companies? How are we building more gender diversity in technology? And all of those pieces of measurement for us are important now, but in our early days, we were very focused on only the feedback that would inform our programming and operations. And we have a lot more capacity now to be able to address all three types of feedback. Yeah, does that answer your question, Marshall? Yeah, it does. Um, actually, and with that, uh, through our kind of journey in the podcast, we've heard quite a few times about the, the efforts of community engagement and why that's important. Um, do you think that uh, there's a sufficient level of community engagement or would you like to move further? Uh, if, you, if you have a smaller group, of course, you're not going to get uh, the most accurate representation of that amount or of that number. Do you feel like you're getting a, a good representation of uh, other communities, like maybe um, newcomers to the city or newcomers to the province or uh, BIPOC individuals? I think we can always be doing better. And when we are looking for those kinds of metrics specifically, they're often tied to very specific um, marketing initiatives, partnership initiatives that do take more effort. We need to go outside of our kind of regular zone and seek out those types of community members and participants. I also think that engagement is like, a, you know, that funnel. And of course you start out, you know, broad and large, and then the, this, the group of highly engaged folks get smaller and smaller as you get deeper. And my goal is always to grow that really strongly engaged group. That is, a, that is very difficult work um, because most people are happy to sit on the sidelines and watch. And um, one of the ways that we really drive towards that is it's built into our values as an organization, the way that we communicate with our community and the expectations of what it means to be part of Sheet Geek. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And now, so let's talk a little bit about your metrics of success for the initiatives that you're moving forward with right now. Um, how have those changed uh, from your starting points to where you are now? So in 2020, we went through a full organizational transformation where we put a pause on all of our external operations and took a hard look at what are we doing at Sheet Geek? How do we know that our work is having impact? And 10 years from now, how are we going to know that we can say we've made a difference through this work? And the answer to those questions really was like, I don't know yet. And so that spurred some pretty big changes for us. It actually caused us to refine what we do and who we serve. So by focusing on mid-career, those intermediate women in technology roles specifically, now we can really design our measurements to understand how are we impacting their careers? What kinds of opportunities are, are created for them as a result of being part of Sheet Geek? And how do we start to measure retention? Um, this stuff is all, I would say, new for us. We haven't taken this approach um, in the past. So I, I think we're still fingering it out, Marshall. 
And so for the data that you're actually collecting, is it a lot of internal data that you're getting or are you getting data from outside sources? Is it uh, mostly like government kind of data that you're collecting? And uh, with that data, I get like a very big question, but um, is, it, is it fairly consistent or is it kind of broken? We do pair a lot of our data and our kind of first steps towards understanding what we need to be tracking. We we match it to a lot of secondary research that's been done. So sometimes these are scholarly articles, sometimes they're more um, like public research articles, things coming from McKinsey or Accenture. Um, and then we look to validate those findings within our community. So we want to make sure that that's a lived experience within our community that reflects that secondary data. I feel like that answers the first part of your question, but not the second part. Yeah. So that like with the second part, something that we've found that, that I've found in my research is that often there will be initiatives to measure specific well, indicators. Uh, so, but they'll, they'll only last for so many years, like often they, they die out after like four or five years, and then you have to try to jump into something that isn't specifically the same indicator and try to tie things together if you want to look back at a further period in time. So have you found, because you've been in, the, uh, in this kind of organization now for about nine years, right? Yep. Um, in that time, have you found that uh, the data that you're getting has changed? Like, it, are you looking now at different sources because some of the sources have been cut off? Interesting. Um, yeah, I love that question about kind of like tracking like that long tail impact. And it is something we have not been very good at traditionally as Chic Geek. And it's actually not that surprising. I think there are many similar sized organizations, even older ones than Chic Geek that are not tracking this information very well. Um, I think it is, you know, easy to get caught up in more vanity metrics of, you know, this is what people are saying about their experience with Sheet Geek and our programming. Um, let me tell you a story about this one person that we've affected in a positive way. And when it comes down to like really looking at that long-term impact tracking, we're not there yet. Um, but it is something we are very committed to and working to improve on. So. I don't have an answer for you yet, Marshall. Well, that's, that's perfect. Um, that's, that's what a lot of people are uh, kind of striving for now. And, and even the, the dashboard metrics that we've seen kind of globally, um, the problems that they're looking at, it, they're trying to figure out what metrics and what indicators they can look at now that will still be important a couple of years in the future so that they can have that kind of uh, timeline horizon. I mean, that does make me wonder, you know, organizations like Sheet Geek, so we exist to build gender diversity in tech. And if we do our job really well, we'll be operating in a world where we don't need organizations like Sheet Geek doing this kind of work. So my background is not in, you know, measurement and data, but it is something that is a large part of my role and that I really love to do. Um, but I wonder how valuable it is to have those static kind of metrics tracked and maybe we, we should be more open-minded in that these could be living, moving targets and we need to be able to adapt and change with them. Mm -hmm. I think in the Shiki context, there's a couple of ways that we look at prosperity and wellness. One is, you know, what is the overall health of our organization? Do we, are we designed in a way that we can continue to sustain our operations and serve our community? That's one piece. And then the second is, being very focused in 
what impact we want to see in the world. We want to see more work, women working in technology roles and more gender diversity in tech companies. And then coming back to, well, how are we getting there? Are we on track? Do we have systems and processes in place to actually understand that? Um, community prosperity and well-being is such a broad thing. And at Geek, we try to be very focused on what we do and what we do not do. The overall goal for that, that whole community prosperity or that wellness that you're trying to achieve would be having uh, an equal representation or a, a much higher representation of women. Yeah, and absolutely. It, do you think it moves beyond that? Like, are there uh, more intangible kind of metrics that might be associated with that? I know you mentioned earlier that uh, you have stories, like specific stories of individuals that have had very positive experiences. Um, are, are you able to kind of gauge in those and see if tracking that is kind of growing with the company or if it's kind of moving stagnantly or? Hmm, interesting. That's a really great question, Marshall. And when you put it in that light, you're right. And there are often different um, levels of metrics that appeal to different kinds of people. So for example, our big goal about getting more women and gender diversity in technology is a metric that appeals to government funders, um, different large organizations, uh, companies. But then when we look at what metrics matter for actual women who are working in technology, well, they might wanna have more fulfilling careers where they have more confidence, um, where they've got flexibility to choose and build their work in a way that also accommodates their lives. And that one big metric that we've spoken about already doesn't really capture that. And so you're right, there are these other ways that we need to look at tracking and measuring impact. It sounds like it comes back to that, uh, that idea of community engagement and actually talking to the individuals that you're trying to help to see if your goal is the same as their goal. Yes, that's something that we bake into our operations. So we take a startup approach to it where we use the term customer validation. Um, and that really means having conversations with our key stakeholders and community members to make sure that we're on track and to use their insight and feedback and lived experience to then design how we operate. You know, some of the stories that come to mind are women who have been hired because of some of the career pathing connections we've made, women who have built their confidence because they've heard from and learned from someone else and how far that confidence can help them in their careers. You know, those are the feel-good stories that a lot of organizations have. I think it comes down to how do we use those stories to really understand that, that larger impact we're having? And I don't know that we're there yet either. I imagine like being a tech company, it's, it's probably a lot of online kind of engagement that you're doing. Um, do you feel like uh, you're getting a lot of uh, honest answers with that? Um, do you feel like you're, you're connecting with people that way? Or mm -hmm. do you think that there's opportunity to extend beyond that and kind of meet with people? I, I guess meeting with people is hard to do right now because of COVID, but um, do you think that that would be uh, beneficial for not just tech companies, but you know, maybe for um, other organizations that seem to be sort of pigeonholed into one idea? Mm. We have done in-person, you know, feedback groups, one-on-one um, -on -one conversations in the past to kind of design our programming. Everything we do now is online. And that was a very conscious shift, partly because of COVID, but also to help us grow more sustainably. Um, 
are we getting candid and honest input from our community given the digital platforms? I still think the answer is yes. We have a lot of people raising their hand, sharing feedback unprompted with us, um, you know, questioning some of the things that we're doing and, and being willing to have deeper conversations about it. Um, I do think that doing things online makes it a lot more accessible to all sorts of people and you're getting a lot, almost a better kind of slice of different perspectives than we would normally be getting in person. The accessibility and reach of the online channels and people who might not live in the same city or geography as you, people who might not be on the same schedule, who couldn't take an hour and a half off work to get to an in-person meeting, could take 30 minutes to share their insight. And so I think you can take a more intersectional approach at who you're talking to for feedback as well. That's really interesting. Uh, so with this, um, this shift with COVID and everything, have you seen uh, a change in the way that your metrics are coming in? Are there, are there opportunities that uh, kind of arise and maybe pushing towards more of that feedback orientation? Yeah, we've seen a lot of people moving online, but what we're also seeing with that is a bit of digital fatigue. And so there, while it's a lot easier to share feedback and to, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or, or get participation um, in an online survey or a focus group, sometimes people are just tired. And there is a lot of noise now online that can make it much harder to reach. I think how we deal with it at Sheet Geek is being very candid and vulnerable in our communications that we, and letting people know that they're helping to design who we are as an organization. And for the most part, we have found that our existing community is very happy to share and be a part of that, that building Sheet Geek. It's probably has something to do with the way that you've designed the startup and growing from the ground up with the help of uh, the individuals that you're incorporating and helping. And they see themselves reflected in your organization. I always say that Sheet Geek was an organization designed by the community for the community. And that's something I hope will never change. We want to put the community at the center of everything we do. That means that we need to be a really good listener. And I think that also creates space for people to kind of raise their hand and say, yes, I'm a part of that. Yes, um, you know, I have ownership over this kind of organization and community too. And I, my voice has space to be heard. Um, yeah, with Sheet Geek from the beginning. So that, it must be really hard to kind of look at that and in the growing perspective when you're looking at growing out into like maybe a, a national kind of structure uh, and keeping that same community feel. Uh, how do you think you're going to try to approach that? Sheikik was built on coffee and conversation. So I had a lot of one-on-ones with folks in the community before we even got anything off the ground. And I think we will take that same approach when we're looking to expand to new markets, that it really is about building candid relationships with humans um, and understanding the markets that we can operate in and the challenges and those unique to each community. But we are just starting to build those plans right now. But I think it comes back down to just being human with each other. Do you think that there's a need for fragmentation then so that you can have sections that are very uh, in tune with one community over another, uh, because of, of course there's going to be uh, differences uh, like everywhere that you go, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's this big lesson that I'm learning this year, and it was about flexibility. That 
we add more value when things feel really bespoke and individual. And to that point, Marshall, like each community that we expand to will have to be treated as something that is unique and special. Um, maybe check in with me next year to see how we're going with that. <laughs> oh, I, I'd love to. <laughs> I hope the podcast lasts that long. <laughs> uh, and so then just with, uh, with opportunities that you see in the future, now, because you're growing, um, is there opportunities to kind of tap into other uh, connections, uh, like other uh, kind of uh, areas of bricolage with other companies or organizations that you would not have otherwise uh, thought of or been able to? Absolutely. Um, I think that will drive our growth strategy. Can you give me an example of the kind of uh, organizations that uh, you're kind of connecting with and who's, uh, who's been helping you along the way? Mm -hmm. We're getting a lot of interest from growing technology-driven companies. This could be gaming companies, it could be um, IT services, it could be software companies. And there is this larger movement right now about how do we build more diverse teams and uh, companies we're seeing are really jumping on board to make that change. And that's critical because the view we have is that it is not just up to the individual or community groups like Shiki to make change. Change is driven at the intersection of companies, communities, and individuals coming together. Um, so we are lucky to have a lot of really great partners on board and with lots more that are showing interest as well. Do you think that there's um, more partnership or more inclusivity happening in like one sector to another? Is there, is there more room for growth in one specific sector that you know of? Geek is, is focused on technology-driven companies, but I think that this movement is happening outside of that as well. Um, I think tech companies are often the first to adopt because they tend to be very scrappy um, and kind of innovative already. So this is really where we have focused, but I do think that other industries are placing a strong emphasis on this as well. It's just the question, why I kind of came up with it there was, um, I've heard or I've read stories that uh, uh, some of the gaming industry is very like boys club. So I wasn't sure if there's uh, a lot of uh, need for growth in those kind of specific areas. I would say that we need it more in those spaces yeah. <laughs> uh, because of that. And, you know, Marshall, this is interesting because in our work, you know, we do meet companies that also say like, yes, we want to make change and hiring and building diverse teams is important, but then you kind of see through action sometimes that they're actually not that committed to change. And when it comes to the hard stuff, they don't really want to make any changes. And so they're looking for something they can kind of slap on as a bit of a vanity metric to say like, yes, we're doing this work and look how good it is, but you can't really measure it at the end of the day. And um, so I think, you know, something that we're considering too at Chic Geek is, well, how do we keep our partners more accountable and to be able to track changes and their impact in, in helping us kind of address this big problem around gender diversity in tech? Um, because that's really what we want to avoid is that kind of woke washing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's incredibly important. Um, I, I find that fascinating. I, I don't know how exactly you'd be able to do that uh, especially seeing as like every company is going to be so different. It's, it's almost that same idea of fragmentation again, where you'd need a, a kind of bespoke metric 
uh, for each organization to kind of measure their own progress? I think there's something also that's really um, vulnerable and uncomfortable about measuring things. I'll give you an example, Marshall. Like, you know, my team and I yesterday were working on what are our metrics for our career pathing initiative. We're going through all of our data points that we're collecting and asking the why. Why do we need this data? What are we hoping to be able to show with it? And some of them raise flags around like, oh, do we really want to collect this data? What if it doesn't give us the answers we want? And then that looks bad to our community or it doesn't set us up for success as an organization. And we really had to dig into those conversations because those data points do come up. And I think we need like, you know, Brene Brown terms it well, you know, who's ready to like get down in the rumble and like really address the hard stuff and take a look under the rug. And not all organizations are willing to do that. Some really just want to keep it to the happy stuff. It's, it's a lot of complexity, right? And complexity is often very dirty, right? It's, it's very hard to look into and it's easy. It's much easier to just take the easy road and just, you know, kind of skip over top of it and leave it for somebody else. Yeah, and and I suppose in a lot of those organizations and companies that you're helping and trying to move into to help them, they have to look at their foundation, which is very difficult to change, right? Because they, they've grown in such a way. It is very difficult to make changes. And sometimes, you know, not everyone in the organization has the same level of power to make change, but recognizing that that complexity is there and the courage that's needed to sometimes address it, I think is really important. It's just a very big movement towards empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, we're running a little bit short. Um, Do you think you could tell me if uh, if you had the ability to kind of change the way that these companies are measuring things or that um, society is measuring uh, your specific indicators, um, how do you think you would go about doing it? If you, if you had all the money in the world, if you could talk to anybody and uh, you know, wave a magic wand and have it done, uh, what, what are your first steps? You know, this is something that I feel really strongly about. I'm not quite sure if it answers your question, but um, I believe that when organizations are financially strong, that they are able to build better programming, create better teams and serve their communities and solve big problems in ways that are even better. And often we don't spend enough time looking at what is the health of this organization and what is the sustainability of it. But, you know, like if you're a startup founder and you're not taking care of your your physical health or your financial health, it becomes really hard to focus on building your company. So how can we take off those other stressors that you can just focus on building your company? How can we take off those external stressors so organizations can just focus on serving their communities and solving their problems? Um, And, you know, SheetGeek has been lucky. We've received a lot of grant funding uh, recently. But I also think that sometimes grant funding can be inherently broken. Funding can be designed in a way that is short-term view of success and what matters. And I would love to see more funding programs designed to support the long-term financial health of the organizations in our community that are doing this kind of like ground level work um, because I think it'll just build healthier communities.
do you think that the uh, like the short term view and like the short term grants uh, kind of feed into that uh, not wanting to look at the messy indicators uh, for fear of not looking like uh, you're progressing high or fast enough? Yeah, I think that um, sometimes it's kind of comes back to those vanity metrics of what's and what's easy and what's going to make us look like we're successful. Um, but really, I think that we need more than even a year sometimes to measure success. Like this needs to be looked at five years and in, in a 10 year timeline. And there is very little support for those kinds of initiatives, uh, especially for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we need more incentives to measure the stuff that's important, that complex and hard stuff that takes time to measure. And then we'll start to see more organizations who are planning you know, those kind of bigger measurement pieces instead of things that are short-term Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today and for coming on to talk to us. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. And uh, for anyone that's uh, listening that may want to get involved or might want to know more, um, can you tell our listeners how they might be able to do that? Sure. You can find out more information about Chic Geek at thechicgeek.ca. That's T-H-E-C-H-I-C-G-E-E-K dot C-A. Excellent. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Kylie. Thanks, Marshall.